Welcome to Gore to Gore, a heart-to-heart series where sick women interview other sick women who create content. This episode, I had a chance to sit down with Baljeet Sangra, a Vancouver-based filmmaker and documentary filmmaker. Her latest film, produced by the National Film Board, is a documentary called Because We Are Girls. It explores the impact of sexual abuse on a conservative Indo-Canadian family in Williams Lake, BC. It follows the three sisters who were sexually abused by an older relative beginning in their childhood years, and after remaining silent for nearly two and a half decades, the sisters finally decide to come forward, not only to protect other young relatives, but to set an example for their daughters as well. The film is an example of resilience, and in the director's own words, the film is about love. That being said, this interview, the content, and the content of the film do talk explicitly about sexual assault. If you listen to the end, we will provide places you can go for support, and we hope you enjoy the interview and have a chance to support the film. Thank you for sitting down with the Sick Feminist Research Institute and agreeing to be a part of our series. Um, this is an incredible film, and um, can you explain for folks who are not familiar with the filmmaking process, um, what was your role in creating the film? Okay, so I'm the director and writer of the film. Um, so I followed the story for three years. Um, some bits I even filmed myself. I stayed in touch with the sisters um, when they were going through the trial process. Um, yeah, and I was also their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a filmmaker, I was their friend. And also I think uh, coming from the same background, the um, the issue and what they're going through, like I felt the weight of that on my shoulders and how that's gonna be represented. So yeah, I think it was yeah a bigger role than just the filmmaker for sure. When you, um, what does that mean for the actual process? So when we're watching the film, how much of you are we seeing? Are you cutting the edits together? Uh, is it your lens that tells their story? Um, are you picking and choosing what parts of their story we see? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, writing out sort of an edit, writing out the voiceover at the beginning to get the, get you into the movie. Um, this is all from being around them and bits that, you know, we've had interviews and I've been knowing this story for such a long time because one of the protagonists, Jeeti, she's a friend of mine. So when they um, came out to their family, she had told me, and this is well before, you know, a conversation of a film. So I'd always be asking her as a friend, you know, how's that going? Did it, is there any traction? Did the police investigate yet? You know, no, you know, the file just sat there for years. And then she would prod and call and say, you know, is anybody looking at this file? Eventually, I got to Williams Lake, and a, a, a female investigator picked it up uh, and dusted off that file and started looking at it. And then they had to, um, yeah, they knew that um, you know it's going to be investigated. He's the suspect. Their cousin's going to be picked up by the police. Have to give a statement. Their parents might have to give statements. You know, this train is now mm-hmm. moving. And then I think that's when we knew we this would be, we need to film this. Was it? challenging to all the people that are on camera to get them to share their stories and be vulnerable the, their parents their brother was it challenging to get them to do this or did, was it something they wanted to do because the fear of well people will know was something that came through but it seems like now the family's at a point where 
they're happy they were able to be on camera and knew that it was going to have a national, if not international platform. Well, they, <clears throat> I think because the process took so long, this actual trial took like three years to see it through. And I'm like, I really wanted to see it through. Uh, and, you know, my producers are like, Baldi, this can go on forever. <laughs> like, you cannot have put so much emphasis on this thread of the film. Like, because yeah. the judicial system is such, there can be a germ, this is keep going on forever. And I was just like determined, I'm like, please let me see this to the end. The audience will ask immediately what happened. So that's in the film. But because I've been involved and I got to know the family, and my style is really like, um, before even bringing out a camera, just being around people so they get to know me. You know, I've gone for lunches and dinners, teas, hanging with the parents. And also explaining that this project is not just about their family. This touches everybody. You know, and as a mother, you know, so many moms will relate to how, you know, the mom was feeling and what she went through mm -hmm. and what the father was saying, you know, and how he handled it. Like, and, you know, we need to admit that this is a huge problem. And, you know, stats are like almost some they say people saying like one in four girls. Yeah. I, th I think that's what the stats say. Anecdotally, it feels yeah. like every woman yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to impress that on the parents too, you know, and like, let's shine a light on this. And luckily, like, um, I think the parents felt um, as the process was going along and the girls are going to court, you know, maybe they weren't able to support them as much as they wish they could have. Um, so by being involved in the film, like slowly, slowly, and we filmed it over three years, um, they were comfortable with it. But I think the fact that... Uh, they participated fully and even, you know, I was able to ask them some difficult questions. Yeah. I think that's their way of um, giving back in a way like for them. The scene where, or, I mean, I'm calling them scenes. Yeah, like yeah, that's totally scene. Okay, yeah, so yeah, the it scene is. where they're in their uh, living room and everyone's talking, was that something that happened organically? Was yeah. that something that they decided and then you showed up to film? Oh, no, no, no. I knew we are coming kind of to the end of the filming. Um, uh, the trial's going to, you know, we're gonna, the verdict's going to come soon. Um all the testimonies are done. So I just, like, I knew I needed another scene. I needed just anything where, with the family together. Um, so, you know, I'm like, let's, you know, have have something at the parents' house. Yeah. And they go over often. And it just so happened that, like, a lot of emotions were bubbling. Mm -hmm. You could see it in their faces before, mm -hmm. as a camera just sort of pans the room. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I think, you know, the, when, um, while well, they start off saying, you know, we didn't feel supported by you, uh, we've been going to court a million times and, you know, you don't call to see how we're doing or what's going on. And so that sort of starts a conversation and brings emotion up high. And then um, there's one point where the father says, you know, you have responsibility too. And then the emotions go yeah. really high and then the scene just kind of. Yeah. goes to another level it was, it was so important that there was no I didn't feel any judgment towards what he was saying but it was so important that he said that because it's something that people think and it's something that people feel and for him to put words to it yeah it was really important to hear a Punjabi man say those things and really important that you didn't cast him in a negative light for saying that um, so you're in the 90 minutes that I watched mm -hmm. this film, I got really invested in their stories and I was so happy for them when they were happy at the end. You followed them for three years, you've known them since before then and you're still in touch with them now. Is this now a part of your story? It is. It's a part of your story. Um, how does that 
how how does that interplay where you become a part of the story you're telling and the art that you're creating? What does that mean for you? Are you a different person now that you've made this? Oh, definitely. I mean, imagine doing a film like this. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a documentary filmmaker. And your friend comes to you and says, like, have you ever considered doing a film on sexual abuse? So, so with a South Asian story and a South Asian family. And I'm like, and, and telling you that this is a super important topic that we never talk about. And I'm like, I agree 100%. How would I do that? And then she t- discloses to me that she and her sisters are survivors of sexual abuse. And that, you know, that she would be open to having that as a documentary. And then just following that story along. So that's huge. You know, she trusted in me and, and this topic. And as a woman, as a South Asian Punjabi woman, um, you know, you want to touch these taboo subjects. We want to have conversation. I mean, we can't even talk about sex. How are we going to talk about sexual violence? you know, um, and communicate that and create that space where we can have that kind of dialogue. So I knew it was a, a major story. I'm so grateful that we were connected to do, go on this journey together. But also the timing of it, you know, a lot of stuff was happening globally, like with the Me Too movement and Time's Up and women coming forward and sharing their stories and, you know, being attacked. You saw that even with the president, right? Women coming forward against Trump. And how he just belittled them and whatever he did, right? Um, to shut them down. And all of that was going on. And we're doing a, a story, you know, along those lines, yeah. you know, where the truth needs to come out. So I think it weighed really heavy on my shoulders. These are my friends. I'm in the community. I relate so much to this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when they talk about their childhood, their parents, um, you look through their album. It could be my family album. Yeah. The you know what I mean? Was amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, going to the Bollywood movies yeah. and just like what you know, it almost feels like if you're a brown girl, you have this little uh, guidebook they give you yes. when you're a kid, and and that sort of things are just yes. you just know and are understood. Yes. Um, and where you fall in the family yes. or what was to happen or yeah. I don't know how it is. You just know that, yeah. right? And that the Bollywood thing that was one of my questions. That it was so great to see like cuts of Bollywood films. I grew up on Bollywood films. They do inform your psyche, your idea of gender roles and your understanding. Um, why that choice when you're figuring out how to tell this story? Why did you put the Bollywood? Well, I think it was really important. I mean, they were. Uh, we know, like you know, uh, in terms of gender and all that uh, mainstream mainstream culture or popular culture, and and for them it was Bollywood it plays a huge role, right? And I think because they were also going through a hard time, you know, they came as immigrants, young immigrants, to a small mill town in northern BC, right? The community's not that big. And, you know, they're going through racism at school and trying to fit in and all of that. So the big kind of, their favorite childhood memory, and the only thing they actually really did as a family was go to the cinema and see a Bollywood film. So they would, you know, go and, you know, when you're young, you take different things, right? But as you get older, you start seeing more of, um, that narrative and what that's about but they, they would come home and sing the songs and dance and their dad's for his escape too was uh, Bollywood and music the dad had a record collection you know mm-hmm. and I think you know that was escapism for him too like he worked in the mill in the winter time it was really really hard work the mom worked at a hotel and um, in the kitchen and just like they all needed that like Sunday afternoon yeah. break yeah. and the whole community would come and so but then when you re-look at those movies, you know, with our, the lens we have now, you see how misogynist they're they are. So oh my, and they're so yeah. problematic. And, and on a technical note, like, was it difficult to um, get the uh, 
licensing yeah 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 it's hard to track down who owns the rights um and it was kind of a funny story we wanted here ranja in it and we got the rights but it was for the wrong here ranja and then they're like oh we got it and i looked at it no that's the like the 70s but we want the more punjabi one the pakistani one and then the guy who owned the rights was like 100 years old in dubai anyway we got it um it looks you know pretty weathered that one but it adds an element of like there were multiple things you used to tell the story you had um their actual pictures and their footage from their childhood you had the bollywood cuts you had um was it the the younger woman like the one who's putting on the jewelry um was that one of the daughters that was one of the daughters Yeah. yeah yeah so it was really creative ways of telling the story when someone comes to you and says you use the word survivor mm-hmm. um there are so many ways you could have told their story. They could have been victims. They could have been survivors. A Punjabi telling of it might have made them the instigators. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you decide? It's very strength-based, this film. You it, you see the there's laughter, there's dancing, there's resilience. Mm-hmm. How did you decide what lens you were going to bring to this, how you were going to frame their story? Well, I mean, I know them on a personal level, so you want to bring a lot of that in. And I mean, the type of filmmaker I am, and just in my personality, I'm a very hopeful person. Yeah. Even if this is a dark story, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hover to where the light is, you know, yeah. and tell that story. And that, you know, knowing them and going up to um, Williams Lake, we'd be sharing a hotel and going to the trial. And sometimes it was just me and a camera. You know, we would just to relax. We would just talk about crazy conversations and have laughs and play music you just had to do that kind of stuff so I think that was really important and uh yeah I just saw so much of myself in that story like Mm -hmm. it could have been my story you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like Mm -hmm. a lot of those conditions are all the same you know how we're raised and where girls fall in the hierarchy or we all know that you know when a son's born it's like oh my god and if you have friends who have five daughters uh, there are five sisters. You're like, oh, let me guess. You know, uh, five bro- girls and one boy. The boy's the youngest, right? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and you do Lori and like, yes. uh, um, and then girls, you know, sometimes with the Rakshi, Raksha yeah. Bandhan, like, oh, I don't have a brother. And it's like, all of these things, you, you don't really realize, but they kind of layer in your brain, Absolutely. right? And so when you start to like re-examine things with fresh eyes, new lens, and new friends and telling the story, but also we were caught up in this big global movement too. So that kind of gave us more uh, momentum. Yeah. Because it was just being discussed by everybody. Yeah. Just generally, like, oh, this story happened, and men would yeah. talk, or do women really feel this way, or have you... Ex- so that was really important, and the father was seeing this in the mainstream media, too, so I thought that was important. But I think um, it was important to show that, uh, you know, this happened to them. It was devastating. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. But doesn't define who they are. Yeah. You know, and you are so much more, and you know, you got to look towards that light, yeah. and and I think they had to really find that within themselves. You know, the love yeah. uh, to continue yeah. to support each other, and know, you know, I have to keep myself well. I love myself, and I'm coming from that place because I'm trying to do this for other girls yeah. um, out there. No well, woman would what, do this. What are they like? Wait, so you know them outside of <laughs> what I, I only know them through yeah. the film. What are the sisters like? Oh yeah, they're super. Um, <laughs> they're very animated they're fun um but they're also like really soulful like when they talk about this and how this impacted them um again like you know they've they've done their own work you know they've gone to therapy and 
and they do a lot of reading in terms of you know um, healing mm-hmm. um, and I know that they would be doing that even when we were in Williams Lake you know things that really speak to them and, and meditation they would meditate often before going in a lot of deep breaths so they have like techniques to help yeah. tapping yeah. Uh, things like that that they've learned so that was interesting for me really to see that the, I really got the sense that it was the right time for them to tell their story like they are adult women now and they I got a sense that they knew who they were and like even like the little things they looked so beautiful when they went into um, they looked like confident and like they had paid attention to what like little accessories or details like the fashion throughout the <laughs> 80s fashion included the fashion was amazing but you did get a sense that these are people who are ready to to do this on their own terms yeah I think that, yeah. And that I think um, exactly I mean it was really important for them that they looked their best and they came in really composed and you know the abuser their cousin was there it's kind of like you didn't break me like look at me yeah you know it's almost an armor in a way like to look good look your best walk tall you know and go in there and they really supported each other on that helped each other like you know to get ready to go and let's walk you know um tall Mm -hmm. when we're going into the courthouse for this so one of the things i was wondering um the, there is this thing, it comes from the movies, it comes from <clears throat> the, the cultural understanding of what their value was, where there was this fear of like, what will people say? Like, if people find out, let's keep it quiet, let's keep it in the family. Um, it got out. You mm-hmm. made sure it got out. It got out on their terms and in a really strong way. What have people said? Yeah, it's been, most of the feedback's been really positive. Um, we've had a, a bunch of screenings um, in Canada, and for a lot of them, you know, they're, they're present. Um, in Vancouver, we were only supposed to have two screenings. We opened this uh, festival, Doxa Festival, and we had one, and then they had to add two because we sold out. And then, the, then a, a theater in Vancouver booked it for like a week. So I only thought I was going to have two screenings in Vancouver. I've had like 14 now. That's amazing. So word of mouth and momentum and conversation yeah. is happening. So that's super powerful. Yeah. And I think it's really healing for them. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, healing for me. Yeah. You know, you feel like... So you're surprised. You weren't expecting... You, if you, you don't know. Two screen, or one screen. You don't know the response, you, you know. Yeah. And then just people reaching out like... Um, um, I'm based in Winnipeg and I want to do, bring your film yeah. and da, da 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 and then you make that happen and they tell you it was sold out and all uh, and they're having these kind of conversations to unpack intergenerational trauma and gender inequality and all these things that we need to talk about so it was a really good jumping point to talk about a lot of issues we need yeah. to talk about so that feels amazing and it's been gathering momentum so yeah, no, I'm really pleased. I've gotten negative stuff too, but it's usually, I don't know, they don't really, like, they'll reach out to me on social media and saying the girls are liars. This mm. is all, like, you're going to expect some haters, and I don't really respond to that. And I think it's important, even if, for folks who are listening, to know in a system where still women are not largely mm-hmm. believed and coming forward can have a lot of really bad reactions, it's important to know that there is a version of this where these women shared their story and something positive happened mm-hmm. and that not every single time is it gonna it is it gonna be against you but that there's something good that comes and then also to re- to connect with um uh women or, or organizations doing this work supporting women um you know that have uh, suffered sexual violence in any form so early on we connected to a, a group in vancouver called vancouver rape relief mm-hmm. um the executive director is Punjabi. She's a friend of mine. And 
yeah, I reached out to her and I was like, you know, can you help us navigate this? A court is happening and a lot of emotions are going for GT and I don't know if I'm equipped to do that. Like yeah. I'm the friend, I'm also the filmmaker, yeah. you know, counselor? No, like, no. you know, uh, so whenever it was overwhelming or just to see the greater picture and also see it bigger than the Indian culture, you know, like this is global, this yeah. is oppression, this is power yeah. imbalance, like look at it in that frame. Uh, they were super amazing. And when we went for the final verdict, um, they came. Two women came. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there is support out there. Yeah. And sisterhood is powerful. Yeah. And if you don't have, say, like, you actual sisters, you can find a sisterhood to support you and help yeah. you and navigate this. So I don't think it's something you should do alone. No. Like going to the police and giving a statement or all of that. You should have somebody who can advocate for you. Yeah. And, and go with you and, I'll, and we need to support each other sure. right? and as a, it's a good reminder if you are listening i will be um sharing some supports at the end of the podcast so if you if this is something that you have lived and you are watching this and you are listening to this um to know that you don't have to do it by yourself um what has on that note um has it uh, you know working with folks that have trauma you can have secondary trauma Uh, or vicarious trauma how have you taken care of yourself now that it is your job to talk about sexual assault every single day how do you take care of yourself and what's something your audience can do to take care of themselves when they watch this yeah that's a good question I mean even in the middle of it I found it a lot like uh, heavy on my shoulders for sure heavy on my shoulders because I'm in in almost embedded in the story and I'm with them and I'm hearing them and I'm, you know, they're telling me their frustration when they can't testify and the adjournments and just, you know, seeing the impact on their relationships with each other. All that's really heavy and you're a woman and and seeing how the, it's so stacked against you yeah. to pursue this, you know? it's There's a long way to go, especially in the justice system, right? Holy moly. For me, I don't know. I just uh, breathe, <laughs> get some walks, um, just try to come from everything. Like whenever you're really stressed out, and approach everything from a place of love and not fear. Because if you're scared or fearful, it totally yeah. changes how you can handle things, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, this could happen. Oh my God, this could Like, no. You know, I'm ready. Like, yeah. uh, and just, you know, um, yeah, and I had good supports around me too that I could just stress with. And, you know, yeah. I have a lot of love with the sisters, so yeah. that was good. And they trust me, so that was good. No, I think um, we've been having a lot of screenings. Uh, people like counselors who are are, uh, comfortable that are experienced with trauma. So, you know, um, if people feel triggered, they can come out to the lobby and somebody will, you know, like a volunteer will find the person. So they could just sort of chat or we just sometimes let them know if some resources are available or just to reach out or sometimes um, some women's groups have come uh, at the the screenings and they'll say, you know, we offer 24-hour counseling you know, um, that kind of stuff to help. Um, but it, it has been, um, I've seen, yeah, it's been triggering for some people for yeah, sure. Yeah. And yeah. It's so, and I, it, when we originally, we had just watched the trailer, one of our Sex Feminist Research Institute meetings, just, we stopped talking about our organization and started talking about this. And it was the sisterhood. It was being on a call, having that conversation with other women and knowing that we're not doing this alone. And, I think the same thing for if someone is going to watch, do it with a support system, mm-hmm. have a conversation about it. It's not something that should be watched without a conversation. 
grab someone, talk to them, understand it, explain it, share it. And I think if it's someone's not ready to watch it, they can still support it. They can oh, still, totally. It's such an important such an important film and it's i mean sometimes when people you see sexual abuse like you know in the synopsis somewhere people are like oh my god it's gonna be so heavy yes yeah. it is heavy but it's about family it's about yeah. it's a it's about love yes it's about resilience there's so much more that comes out of it yeah. like when we had our opening and at this you know the very when vancouver like our home opening you know yeah. i'm from vancouver <laughs> <laughs> although we premiered in toronto it was like huge because i knew so many people that were in the audience and I don't know, it was, it, was, it was magical, but um, I just said, you know, everybody asked me what this movie's about, and I say it's about love. And you really get that. It Visually, it's stunning, and you don't, there are a few, I could count them on one hand, a few conversations about sexual assault where I have walked away and not felt bad, and this was one of them. I walked away and I felt um there are no spoilers but the when they're dancing at the end mm-hmm. i wanted to dance with them and i wanted to celebrate with them um they seem like they're strong people and the sisterhood came through it was such a relatable mm-hmm. sibling dynamic like you could see the the way that they talked to each other and the way they were there for each other yeah definitely um so the uh one part of it was okay what will people say and there's that reaction the community reaction and as I was watching it I am a generation after a couple of generations after their parents and I'm still wondering what will people say my reasons are different mm-hmm. um, so when Sikh or Punjabi women talk about sexual assault I don't want white people to have that narrative mm-hmm. because there's enough about my community that they I've had people come up to me and say oh don't your aren't your men like this and don't you do this there's so much patriarchy in our community but it doesn't uh, it can be used as a weapon by mm-hmm. white supremacy to try and put us in our place we're backwards we mm-hmm. hurt women um, how has what has the reaction been not from the Punjabi community but from the non-sick or non-Punjabi community have you faced any sexism or racism have has anyone used it to um say like oh do your people do this or yeah that's come up for sure um they'll maybe come in with that preconception you know what i mean but they watch the film and they see how it really speaks to them too like i'll turn around sometimes just to see if the audience are digging the movie (laughs) or what's going on like just casually and you know um i'll see you know so many people crying or emotional and white men crying mm-hmm. and, and saying, hey, that's my story too. But they come in sometimes with a preconceived, like, oh, we're going to look at this community and what happens here. And they have these type yeah. of ideas and they come through the movie and they see, you know, they say the univ- the personal is universal. So I try yeah. to keep it as personal as possible. And then Definitely. the themes are universal. So, um, yeah, yeah, you just got to like answer. The, when they say that, you're like, really, you know? This is not particular to the Indian community. There's yeah. one in four. Yes. yes. You know, look at the statistics and sexual assault. What woman has not been sexually harassed? Yes. You know, or is there gender equality in our world? No. You know, do we still perpetuate patriarchal systems? Yes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hello, people. Yeah, you, but you got to like, like that. And they come in with some stereotypes and they're blown away. And then they, um, it kind of unpacks a lot of the issues for them. And when they see, you know, um, South Asians, brown 
men and women speak up and share on that story and help educate that they're learning too so i think this collective watching together in an audience is super powerful yeah that's important so actually watching the film does the work of undoing a lot of the work there's a certain energy you come out of this movie everybody's at a certain Mm -hmm. and then you can get to a certain level of depth in a conversation quickly because you're already kind of emotional and up here and then you can have this conversation right after the movies, like people, when they talk to us, like they start with a hug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like I know you, I'm connected to you, I'm gonna hug you, and we're we feel that too. Yeah. So it's like now let's have a conversation. Yeah. The um, knowing that this is a problem in the Punjabi community. I mean, mm-hmm. when I first saw you, I said, "Do you know what you did?" <laughs> and uh, you opened up a dialogue that we weren't supposed to talk about, and we all knew we weren't supposed to talk about it. It, d- it happens, but we're not supposed to talk about it, and it feels like floodgates have been opened, and everyone was so hungry for this conversation. When you created this, um, did you have, it, it started with relationships with these women, but did mm-hmm. you have um, another a political motive is there something a shift you want to see in the justice system is there a shift you want to see in the culture is there something bigger that you started off with or that you now being on this side of it well definitely i mean i've never followed a story like this all the way through the courts and then just to see like the flaws and how broken the system is Mm -hmm. like a whole year went by and they were ready to do their testimonies and the the cousin uh, the uh, accused whatever he um put up all these delays i'm sick i'm firing my lawyer i'm getting a new lawyer like all these things like a whole year went by imagine you're a survivor of this and you're going all ready to go all the way to williams lake to tell your story and you've read like books of your testimony and you're trying to put it all together in your head and you go back to those places only to have it adjourned yeah and this happens again and again so what's the system telling you yeah like you don't matter what's the drive from it's like eight hours it's it's long and we flew sometimes but Mm -hmm. that's daunting you know where 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 do they fit and how are they perceived in the justice system like you know you feel at the bottom and then um that's really like i didn't realize and i didn't realize that very few uh, cases make it that far actually make it to supreme court historical sexual abuse cases so the fact that you know they got that far that's huge Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't know that. I, you know, I got more education too around the stats and how hard it is and legal precedents and things like that. That was you know, that was heavy, but um, yeah. So you'd like yeah. to see that shift? In- I think that shift. Yeah. But even if you know, but then also in the film, if you uh, um, don't get justice in the justice system, that doesn't define you. That doesn't mean you weren't telling the truth. Yeah. That's just their take on it, and they're trying to. There's a legal way of looking at things. Oh, there's an inconsistency. Like, did you say it was a Monday or? before you said it was a Friday, like really silly things will try to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of confuse you. But that that doesn't define you. Your truth is your truth. Stand in your truth. If the justice system believes you, you know, that's great. If not, that doesn't define you. You know, continue on in that. This is hard. And and, and historical sexual abuse is hard because there's really not a lot of evidence, no evidence. It's really your stories and his story. That's it. You're expecting children to remember was it a Monday or a Friday? Yeah. 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 And especially when not remembering is a coping mechanism where suppressing those memories is. And then some of the questions they'll ask you are just yeah. so like, oh my God. But it's just meant for you to lose your cool and crumble. 
It's, it's really, really, really daunting. That's why I say, like, if any woman was to do this, you should, you need to rally a, a sisterhood. I'm always curious about the lawyers that represent the accused, that they they must go home at night and try, and their job is to put poke holes in the stories of women who were raped as children. And what what is your, I don't know what your conscious, how you resolve that, how you reconcile that. And you spend, you must be like pouring over books and testimonies trying to figure out how to disprove that little girls were raped. Oh, yeah, no, it's heavy. But I, I between also... Between them and their God. But it's, you know, we're ha- like, I, you also seeing a shift in, in, in our culture too, in our community. Like a lot of people are having conversations mm-hmm. with their kids, good touch, bad touch, consent. What does consent mean? Like having, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and just not allowing their kids to sleep at every single uncle's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, being more yeah. protective. Like, things are changing. And conversations. Yeah. Like, even with the film, like, a lot of my cousins, uh, they're like, oh, I'm going to come to your film. I'm going to bring my girls. It's like, no, bring your sons, too. Yes. And bring your husband, too. Yes. You know, you don't, you don't have to preach the converted, you yes. know, the girls. <laughs> like, yes. let's, let's have a conversation together. Yes. We need to have this conversation, you yes. know. And I think the... As a whole community. Yeah. It was Jitsi that was asking mm-hmm. her parents, or telling her parents what she needed. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's sitting in the living room. And I think it's such a great example of um, if you're looking for next steps, here is a survivor telling you what should have happened, what could have happened differently, what she needed. She needed her parents to believe her. She needed a criminal outbeat to be kicked out of her home. She needs to be looked in the eye and respected and validated. It's a, it's a, there's very real takeaways from all of this if we're looking for cultural shifts. And I think like some of the things that you said, shame, I think that, oh, everybody, we all know that, right? Yeah. And that line, you know, you can't look me in the eyes. I think we all feel that right in the heart. Yeah. Because we know what, you know, the the burden of carrying shame or how they've always made you feel like, even the word shadam, you learn that super young, right? How did you get (laughs) And then you, then Bish shot him without shame. You hear that early as a kid, right? There's a couple times in the film where they say uh, it happened because of your girls. And, like, you hear the title. I heard it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How did you, of all of the three years of filming, how did that end up being the title? Well, it was at the very, like, close to the end. And I just, we had, every time an idea would come, we would put it in the editing board. Just, I'd write it down. And I just, it just wasn't happening, you know? And it's got to be... I don't know. And then I just, it, that line is in the film and it just fits. Yeah. You know, the girls. And then you see, I, I also, you know, in the film, I have the daughters, also another yeah. generation of girls. And you see like a lot of motifs of the braiding of the hair yes. and the weaving of the generations. Yes. And, you know. And um, I also heard Selectionist say um, that if it had been a boy, I would mm-hmm. have given it to my. Uh, yeah. ex-husband yeah. and yeah. it was it, because she was a girl I kept her yeah. and I'm paraphrasing I can't remember yeah. Yeah. that yeah. words but it, it and she's such a strong woman and she's fighting her abuser as an adult um, but those ideas are so deeply ingrained and we internalize them that if that we can think of our own daughters that way oh yeah and I think the father saying you know why don't you give your child away is kind of he's thinking well you know, we may want to remarry you or you're going to yeah. be with a child. So maybe, the, like, it's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is your child. Yeah. yeah, it's all complicated, but we know those themes. That's the thing. It's When you saw that movie, you weren't, like, surprised no. about anything. We no. all know these narratives. Yeah, and yeah. also why I think it was really important for the dad to have said it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to have that, um, like, you can see 
people are not simple and that he was mm-hmm. hurt and mm-hmm. he was sorry mm-hmm. but he did believe that the girls had something to do with it they shouldn't have sat beside him they shouldn't have I think he said that like it was some of it was your Jamila he like mm-hmm. that it was your responsibility and you shouldn't have done that and it's it's important that that got named what has the parents reaction been since yeah it's been positive I mean I was really nervous when I showed it to them the first time I went to their house and I played it and I kept looking over (laughs) at them like oh the scene is coming or this is happening like um yeah they watched it um you know there were some tears uh the mom but overall after you know I asked them you know how do you feel about the film you gave me so much trust I hope I didn't betray your trust you know and they're like no it's fine it's good that's it even with like, we had a toast. Yeah, Dad brought up like we all toasted the film. We all had a big group hug, and then they came to the screening. We had like over eight hundred people at the yeah. Vancouver screening. We were the opening film, and they were there. Yeah. And they stood up, and everybody gave them a standing ovation That's and amazing. gave them so much love. And a lot of people, uh, like um, a lot of men, especially yeah. like young men and older men, and. Uh, went up to them and said you know I admire your courage for doing this it's, it's, thank you they yeah. thank them so much vulnerability so, like for the sisters to tell their stories but for the parents to authentically be who they mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. it takes so much vulnerability um, did it take uh, anything from like on your part when the the family's all sitting together and talking um, did it um, did you have to create that space for them to speak to each other or was that just their family dynamics and you were an observer well, that is your family dynamics, and I was an observer, but I also created the space because I'm like, I really need your family together. Like, we're coming to the end, and so much has happened in the story. Yeah. Like, how's everybody feeling, you know? And yeah. everybody's been talked to separately. Let's all bring it together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Had you been to Williams Lake before? No. 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 Uh, how many times in the course of the three years would you say you went there? How many I just like it went on for a long time but the way the crown did it she did all like a lot of the other witnesses first like the police and um the father and just other people like to kind of set the scene and of course the main is their testimonies right so that was kind of near the end and she's building it building it building it and then that when it was time for them to testify I was ready to go and sometimes I'd be ready to go and they're like no it's not happening they'd be packed and the Crown would say, you know, this morning, this is what happened. It's going to be adjourned. And we're like, oh, my God. And you'd already be in Williams Lake? No, no. Oh, okay. Sometimes they, because okay. there's starting to be a pattern. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, but that happened. Or when they were getting up there and they think more is going to happen in that court day. And then something would get adjourned. Okay, we're just going to do your two testimonies. Um, yours will be uh, five months from now. That means like they can't talk to mm-hmm. each other. Wow. You cannot speak to each other unless you've both had your testimonies and been wow. cross-examined. Or you're going to mess, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you cannot talk. Wow. Because it's going to mess up, like, your memories and story, right? Yeah. And so where is the, um, what's currently happening with the court case? So we do have a moment of celebration at the end yeah. of the film, but it feels like it's temporary? Yeah, yeah. Um, so after the film, uh, the accused is uh, guilty four to six charges and um then uh they applied for what's known as a jordan application which is basically a charter rights his he's saying that his rights were breached because the trial process took so long mm-hmm. so um yeah that case uh, that appeal whatever jordan application went through uh, took forever 
for uh, the judge to make a decision, finally did, and he sided with the accused. So that meant the charges are stayed, dropped, no record, he's a free man. So where things are at now, um, Crown uh, had 30 days to appeal it after that decision. 30 days came and went. Then they asked for an extension to see if they will appeal it. So that's where we're at now. Um, there's a petition online uh, through change.org slash sisters. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to make as much noise as possible to draw, shed some light on this and hopefully you know, push the, the Crown to appeal this. Yeah. I mean, what does it say uh, moving forward? And if it does get... Uh, if the crown does appeal, do they? Is there like a new trial that happens? Like, do the girls, uh, do the sisters have to go through all this again? I don't think so. No, okay. no, okay. no. I mean, I think it's about that, Jordan. Up, they're gonna have to find okay. some flaw in the law. Okay. Of, of that. It, it, it's yeah. hard, but I mean, I think this whole case should be really looked at in terms of like um, reviewed in terms yeah. of flaws and stuff like that. He made all the de- delays, and then yeah. he wins his charter application because of the delays. So, what does that say? That's and I think it's important that you said that um, the, the court case and the legal validation is not the be-all, end-all. No, no. And this is one of the important distinctions I make as a sex feminist. Um, the legal system, there's an assumption that you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Mm-hmm. If you look at sick history, if you look at women who have been abused sexually, uh, Mata Ponda is an example of someone who was sexually abused, the, uh, the gurus, the sangats, believed the women and protected the women and, um, in the case of Matakona, um, didn't save them but waited for them to come forward and ask for help and serve them. Um, we have sick historical precedent for believing women when they say they are being hurt and for not putting them through these processes. Um, so when you come at it, depends on the lens. If you're coming at this from a legal perspective, you're going to have to poke holes in the yeah. stories of the sisters. If you come at this from a sick feminist perspective, you have permission through your gurus and how they lived to say, we believe you, mm-hmm. and this shouldn't have happened. Um, do you see a role for um, the community or for the Gurdwara or for from a sick perspective? in what happened? There was a scene that you shot at the Gurdwara, mm-hmm. the little Gurdwara in Williams Lake. Um, why did you choose to do a scene at the Gurdwara? What do you see as the role of... Well, I mean, that was a big part of their life, yeah. the Gurdwara. The father was a president there for a long okay. time. Jiti got married there. Yeah. Uh, you see that in some of the video footage. Yeah. She leaves on a horse and carriage. Um, and typically when you go visit, you come from Vancouver and you go to Williams Lake, you're going to drop by the Gurdwara, right? Yeah. And, you know, they had friends and that's their, they were part of that yeah. community for so long. But also, it's, it was really interesting. Um, I'm just a bit of a tangent, but, you know, the father had a hard time, you know, and it comes out in the film, uh, like, just dealing with this whole issue, and he said, you know, some responsibility lies with you too, right? But he's supporting his daughters mm-hmm. too because he's, mm-hmm. you know, behind them, right? But um, sometimes we have so much in our... Uh, scriptures and our philosophy and in so much around gender equality yeah. and in Sikhism, right? It's yeah. very progressive, right? And and but people sometimes get caught up in this old cultural baggage, right? And, you know, the father's I was going through his album collection and uh he has like Amrita Kaur, yeah. the poet. Yes. 
and I go, oh, uncle, like you have this album, and he goes on about her poetry and how she's so strong and yeah. she stands up. And it's kind of well, like look at your daughters, look what they're doing. Yeah. So sometimes making that connection, yeah. you know, and other sort of stories of, um, yeah. Yeah, so important. And I think it's a moment of intervention if the entire community is using the Gurdwara as a community space. There would have been an opportunity for the Sangat to see it or for. I would love that. And I think we yeah. need to have that. But, yeah. you know, uh, people uh, in Vancouver had, like I said, we, we, you know, some people came up to me after the screening and they were like presidents of Gurdwaras and they're like, yeah. we need to have, how do we have this conversation? Wow. Um, I think it's it's time. And, and, and people who have experienced sexual abuse in our community are coming forward. Yes. And whoever is in, maybe a, there's a person who's a leader or whatever, they, they're taking some action. Yes. So that's important, you know. Um, but I think... Yeah, if you, if you look deeper and you look at our stories and our history, there is such a, um, there's a lot there, right? For yeah. you to find strength, you know, and carry on and be believed. Yeah. And being believed is number one. Like, yeah. if your kid or anybody comes forward, you believe them. Absolutely. It's not all this, like, what were you doing? Where were you doing? Like, what were you wearing? Like, that's all ridiculous. Yeah. And we know that because this is... They were children. They, they were, were children. So but even today when women come forward, yeah. they tried to turn the narrative around to somehow you know why were you out late at night yeah. or what were you doing at that party like that that's ridiculous yeah yeah right is right wrong is wrong yeah like, and i think that there's there this is not a place with a gray area no <laughs> you, you like, watch the movie and there's no way in your doubt there's no doubt in your mind that this is a gray area and then also like i didn't and the age of consent being 14 i did not know that that and what what we know developmentally about children and 14 is still, if someone is that significantly older than you in a position of power, is not a place where you can consent. It is not your fault that that happened to you. And to try and turn it around and say that it was horrifying. Yeah, yeah. I think right now it's uh, just like, well, you know, what you're doing in the podcast and the feminist group. And, you know, we have uh, filmmakers, poets. Yeah. Um, so many people bringing up issues, you know, and, and it's great. Like, there's a real renaissance, I think, right now. Absolutely. Of us telling our own stories, us, you know, shaping our narrative. It's yeah. so important. And that, like, that we as sick women have not mm-hmm. been able to tell our own stories. And when our stories were told for us, you see, um, you know, on, like, the CBC covers, this young woman is murdered or hurt by her family it immediately becomes the burden of the community and it paints us in a very negative light. I think this film does, the, it does truth, uh, justice, it speaks to the sister's truth and it's so rooted in strength that you don't feel that it's, um, like it doesn't feel like an airing of dirty laundry. It doesn't feel like, even, and I can't say this enough, even with the parents, it holds how uncomfortable their perspectives are without judging them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really important. So what is, uh, what's next? What's next with this film? Where can people see it? And what's next for you? Well, um, what's, well, right now, I mean, the film got released this year. So we're really trying to get as many screenings and get those conversations. And that's kind of what, sort of what's been happening is it'd be a screening. People know about it. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about it in the community. And then the community asks for a screening. Okay. So I think, you know, you can, that would be amazing. And how can people do that? So you can reach out to me on uh, social media, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Viva Mantra Films, send me a message and I can connect you with the right people. 
that way I know to make sure that you're getting connected. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes if you just send it out to, you know, <laughs> say, you know, info at National Film Board, are you getting somebody getting back to you? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, reach out to me. But the NFB is the producers of the film. Okay. So that's a real part of their... Uh, um, mandate you know what I mean um, to have community engagement so that's kind of so we've been working a lot on getting the film out there touring with the film if we can um, you know there's going to be a like uh, when I go back to Vancouver there's a conference um, for all the transition houses across Canada and they're showing the film nice. 300 women and we're going to have a conversation after so it's, it's pretty amazing um, so yeah I've been busy with the film I would love to get it to India yeah. UK yeah. like but we, you know, that's hap- hopefully that that's if, if hope. there are any listeners, please India, reach <laughs> out. Um, you know, and also like California and yeah. Yuba City and places like that. I think that'd be really important. Um, yeah, and I'm just yeah working um, on another project. Um, it's in development. It's a feature film. Okay. Yeah, it's inspired by the stories set in the '70s, '80s. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, we're we're very excited, and we'll follow you and support you with all the amazing work you're doing. Thank you for starting this conversation. Again, it was, it felt like something burst. It felt like someone gave us permission to talk about something that we had been told not to talk about. Um, Really important work, and I hope everyone gets a chance to see the film. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you took something from the conversation with filmmaker and director Baljeet Sangra. And if you would like, you can reach out to her through Viva Mantra Films and book a local screening and a way to create impact in your community. If you have experienced assault or violence and you need support in Canada, you can always reach out to the Sick Family Helpline. Their hotline number is 1-800-551-9128. And in the United States, there's the Sick Family Center nationwide hotline, which is 408 408- 800-7382. If you are in a country outside of the United States or Canada and are looking for resources, please reach out to Suffer through one of our social media platforms and we'll try and get you in touch with someone who can provide the support in your area. Thank you again for listening and we'll tune in next time.